You're listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 158, where we will be discussing chapter eight of City of Fallen Angels, Walk in Darkness. I'm Kristen. I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. <laughs> what, what? I'm just listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm a part of this. <laughs> good to know. Good to know. <laughs> You're like, I forgot. <sighs> <sighs> Oh, my gosh. Um, so, obviously, we have a pretty good topic to discuss this week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we had a fun day. We did. Uh, so, Robin was running, um, going to use it or lose it vacation hours. And mm-hmm. I had have a lot left. And so, we were like, fuck it. Let's take a vacation day together. When I asked my husband, I was like, yeah. So, Robin and I were thinking, like, a day that you could be home or whatever and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, yeah, so Robin could watch the kids for us. I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> you can watch our kids. I'm going out with Robin. And anyway, so, of course, the three of us had to go. It was amazing. It was awesome. I happened to have that day off from work, and it worked out because I ended up taking so The whole day, the stars aligned for us, literally it the really whole day. did. I was – shocked that we were able Mm -hmm. to get in I really didn't think we were gonna be able to get in to get tattooed that day yeah everything we did was amazing we had great parking spots yep there you know there weren't long lines anywhere we you know was it was amazing Mm -hmm. I mean from from idea to butts in the tattoo parlor was like less than two hours yeah Uh-huh. We had somebody ask, they text, because we let our coworkers know we were going to be off or whatever. And he's like, how did your pedicures go? It's like, they took a heavy metal turn. <laughs> yep. Well, the worst it. part about it is my husband, when I get home, he's like, I thought you said Amanda, like, wouldn't get a tattoo. Because he's, after I got that one on my foot, he's like, when are you and Amanda going to get a tattoo? And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't think Amanda's super into it, whatever. He's like, I didn't think Amanda would do it. And I was like, I know. And he's like, but I just don't understand why you got a cup tattooed on you. That's weird. <laughs> I was like, you are literally the worst person in the entire world. It is so disrespectful of you. So disrespectful. And he's like, what? And so I was like, dude, it's the logo for the podcast. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. So then I had to pull it up. on it's like the freaking- podcast, the thing I do. <laughs> Right. Apple Podcast. He's like, oh, yeah, I guess that does kind of look like it. It, it, <laughs> I'll kill you. Kind of. Disrespectful. That is so funny. <gasps> and he's not even a white man, so I can't say the caucasity. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, how, how did Andy react? <clears throat> he... I told him at the wrong time. I should have just waited. Like, I came in and the kids were going crazy and it was almost bedtime by the time I got home, you know. And so it was just, it was the bad timing. And so I'm like, here, hold Olivia. I want to show you this. And he's like, she does not want me to hold her anymore. She's, they want, like, both kids want you. And I was like, but I can't show you if I'm (laughs) holding her. And he was just so flustered and he needed to run to the store really quick and pick something up before they closed for work. And so it was just, it was way too chaotic to be like, surprise. And I'm trying to record him because Robin's like, show us his reaction. And he's like, what is going on? And so literally all he said was, it's really visible. And I'm like, that's rude. What does that even mean? 
And then he just left. Like, that was it. That's really visible. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and he's like, it's real. Yeah. And so anyway, he finally, we talked about it like the next day because it just was chaos. And I'm like, so are you like not into it? And he's like, oh, no, it's cool. You know, and I was like, do you know what it is? Yeah. It's like from your podcast. Or, and I'm like, yeah, okay. At least he gets <laughs> at least, it. At least he, he drew the. gives no shit. The through line. <laughs> I told Jason while we were there because I didn't think to wait. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> just like, guess what I'm doing? Well, more like because I wanted to rub it in his face. Because mm-hmm. he's gotten a lot right. of tattoos since we've been together and I haven't had any since we've been together. Oh, okay. <clears throat> and he's like, so I get home and I show him and stuff. And he's like, okay, cool. Oh, by the way, have you guys taken off your little filmy yet? No. No. Jason said if you pull it like when when you do take it off to pull it like a command strip instead of like pulling it up you pull it kind of out so it like will okay it'll like stretch and kind of release versus like pulling at the ink and the tattoo anyway Mm. okay okay Um, cool thank you but uh but he was you know he was looking at it and stuff and he's like he's like oh i should i should call and like set an appointment i'm like no no, because my tattoo was $120 and your tattoos are minimum $2,000. Like, yeah. to start, because he does like all day sessions. I'm like, no. <laughs> I could not do that. No. Yeah. All day. No, thank That's you. And no the tattoo me. artist's hand has to cramp, right? Like, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me. I don't. So, I don't uh-huh. know. That just. He does, like, crazy. The last time. Oh, he well, he got tattooed when we were in um, uh, Massachusetts, when we were in Salem. Oh, okay. Because his tattoo artist moved from Grant's Pass to Salem. So when we were up there, he just went and spent, like, eight hours and got tattooed for him to, like, finish up the project That's that he was cool. working on. Yeah. Did he get a, a black cat? <clears throat> he no, was he was finishing the rose on his elbow. Ew, elbow, that sounds awful. Well, he has Not you, but like ow. <laughs> he has a full sleeve. So like it was like the one part of the lo- the lower sleeve that hadn't mm-hmm. been done yet. But his next one that he's really excited about is going to be a full leg uh biomech from this tattoo artist in Portland. Uh, his name's Bob. He was on like a tat- like Ink Master or whatever. Oh, that's mm-hmm. neat. Jason's like very excited. He cannot wait to set his appointment with him. So I'm like, yeah, no. Amazing. I'm like, sorry. No. I get like another 20 of these before you start. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, if you don't make it all like a sleeve, your arm is just going to end up looking like your water bottle, you know, just like different ideas all over the place. Which and I'm then kind of into. Like... <laughs> I know. Yeah. Me too. Me yeah. too. Well, and I'm super into like the filler that goes around tattoos to kind of make it look one piece. And it looks dumb by itself, but I am obsessed with it. Robin I have it on my collarbones for no reason. Robin even said no. it while we were doing tattoos. She's like, these would look really good with like. <laughs> but we don't need it. Um, I mean, so maybe every year we can add something to it. Yeah. Oh, so cute. I'm like. Okay. I'm I have a question digital. about tattoos. Yes. I guess. About it, the artistry. Is this his design? Like, can we make these into temps for for our listeners? Um, I no, not without permission. I wouldn't because because okay. he did like draw it out. Yeah, now he did draw it. Yeah, we could do a similar long line drawing from mm-hmm. like 
our own logo because I created that, you know. And Plus, we, it's pretty basic. Well, yeah, and we gave him my the logo that I created for him to, mm-hmm. you know, draw an illustration from. So, like, I could still draw an illustration. I just wouldn't do the exact same, like, lineage mm-hmm. and, like, you know, like, the... What, what's the right. Uh-huh. Unless you, Accent. like, sent him... I'm sure you yeah. could send him an um, email and just be like, hey... Asked. Yeah. He, and mm-hmm. he knew why we got the tattoos. I don't yeah. know if he would yeah. really care. Right. He was um, so freaking cool. He yeah, was really he was nice. awesome. Well, also, you know, so if you just send an email and ask. He had to do, like, minimal work for, like, yeah. three, three tattoos. It, it took, like, 15 minutes, if that. I told Andy, I was like, it took him longer to clean up in between each yep. of us than the actual tattoo. <laughs> I'm sure he was, like, fucking score. Easiest job yeah. I had he, all week. He was. So when we were leaving, I was the last one out, right? So I'm like, you made our day. Thank you so much. This was great. And he was like, you made my day. And I started saying, I bet, because <laughs> it was expensive. Yeah. But um, I just said, I, and then I just walked out. <laughs> I must leave. It's like, you don't want to chat anymore. Oh, fuck. Oh, God. Awesome. We are awesome. But yeah, I mean, we we can for sure email him and ask. Yeah. That would be fun. Robin tagged him on the post on Insta, so. Mm -hmm. Uh Well, I have something cool to share with the class. It is a review. Oh, and I am sorry to butcher this name. Uh-oh. Okay. Ambika or Am- Ambisa? Please tell us because I feel stupid. Okay. They say, <laughs> hey, Kristen, Robin, and Amanda. Since I don't have Apple Podcasts, I'm listening to the podcast on Spotify. I thought I would DM you about how much I appreciate it. I've been binging the episodes for the last couple of weeks and I'm slowly catching up. I'm definitely dreading the boredom that's to come with the weight of each episode once I'm done catching up. <laughs> I love the and it's a monkey. Like um I love the books so much and the podcast is definitely giving me a different perspective on them and I and making me think about it in ways I have not thought about them before. Sorry. I'm butchering this. Which is absolutely amazing, which is good because when I first started reading this, I was like, oh, shit, I wonder if we're like ruining this for people because we're picking it apart. So I'm glad that they're into it. (laughs) I may not get all the references. You're probably not old. Uh, (laughs) But when I do get them, I get excited. I love all the jokes and the different names you give to the characters. Thank you for putting all the effort that goes goes into the podcast. Lots of love. Five stars. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. It was very nice to, like, there was even star emojis on it. Yeah. (laughs) Very, very cute. Like, really going, making the effort. Appreciate it. Yeah. It it did not, it was not lost on us. (laughs) Right. And, um. Stars. I like, I like that you like the stupid character names because, um, (laughs) I can't stop. Nope. Can't stop. Won't stop can't stop (laughs) we all worry that we're annoying so thank you for making us feel better yes and for listening and for binging yes Mm -hmm. yes absolutely the shizzle i love it oh my god i just i i am also as much as i love like 
our episodes and like when I'm done when we're done with an episode and it was like a good episode like I feel it and I'm like ooh, that was a good episode as much as I feel like that confidence it still boggles my mind that anyone thinks that we are not unlistenable you know what I mean like, I agree <laughs> because if I was listening to myself I'd be like bitch shut the fuck up because uh-huh. all day long every day I'm like how does anybody listen to us yeah and to binge us. I mean, I am so annoying. You're not. You have the radio voice. Thank you. You do have a good radio voice. Oh. Uh-huh. I was thinking about it. Radio. I was listening to the episode this week. The chapter, not episode. I was listening to the chapter so that way I could write. And I know I was being kind of mean to the lady, but I feel like that's, she sounds how I sound if I was going to be reading a book. Mm. And I was just like, I would not want to listen to myself read an audible <laughs> book. I don't think I could do it. But the thing that got me, it's like she was making accents for the characters, but she made Raphael sound like he was from Transylvania. Yes. He's clearly Mexican. Why are you doing that? Agreed. Anyway, sorry, I'll stop. But I just, I felt bad for dogging on the lady when I couldn't do any better. Um, what is that called? Arm Armchair quarterback? Yeah. Dude, love it. It's my yeah. favorite thing. It's like when you're watching the Olympics and you're like, that sucked. <laughs> Curling and you're like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know. I don't. I know yeah. nothing about fucking curling. I just think. Oh I yeah, do. I do that with my my daughter's so good at sports and like athletically inclined. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's like, oh, you should have hit that different. I'm like, I can't even run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, All right. Well, what do you guys say uh, we cut the chit chat and kick things off with Robin's recap? Previously on Downworld or Dish. Jace, Kyle, and Simon are in the apartment. Only I imagine them all pointing at each other like that Spider-Man meme. <laughs> Only this time, it's a point of accusation. Accusation? Not acquisition. They're not trying to bite each other. That was stupid. Okay. Jace and Kyle start bickering, and Jace pulls out the Dickweed Shadowhunter playbook that V-Tang wrote for him. Mm-hmm. Kyle has totally earned his hippie hair because he doesn't just give in to the man. Man. <laughs> They're eventually able to glean some useful information, like that Kyle is an unaffiliated werewolf. He tells a story of being turned and explains how it wanted to make him work for the Praetor Lupus, a secret lupine society who help newly turned downworlders find their new way in life, and Simon is Kyle's charge. Jason and Simon go over the edges of what has been happening with Simon and the tracksuit bandits, leaving out the Mark of Cain business. Jace follows Simon to his room to stand watch, and the former tries to get him to talk about his relationship with Clary, but it's no dice. <laughs> Simon has a restless night with a dream about wandering the desert. Cassie loves her dream scenes, so we'll see where this comes into play. Mm-hmm. And he's woken by a call from Luke. Simon sneaks out to meet Luke at the park where the pack leader confronts him about knowing Camille. Luke tells Simon about the encounter with the dead shadow hunter and is worried about Simon's relationship with her. But Simon tells him all the deets, saying that if she is murdering shadow hunters, he's not interested. Simon is officially down to the wire for time to reply to Camille's proposition, and Luke wants to use it as a plan to shy or surprise Camille. Returning to the apartment, the once foes are now hanging out together, and Simon and Jay start poking fun at each other, but with gentle undertones about being worried for the other one's health. The trio aren't super interested in Camille, since they don't believe that she's the one to have called the hit on Simon, and they devise a plan to lure the tracksuit bandits to Simon's next gig where they will take him out and then interrogate. (laughs) With the big plan out of the way, Simon starts pressing Jace for information about Clary, reading him some Avril Lavigne lyrics about why he's got to make things so complicated. (laughs) 
But Jace just sad boy tells him that they can't be together, but he doesn't want to break up. So he's going to help Simon. So maybe Clary will like it if he's focused on protecting him. Speaking of Clary, she's woken up to the sound of the phone ringing. And since they still have house phones, it's a landline. She's able to listen to her mom's conversation with Katarina Loss about the baby that was abandoned. Abandoned. Jocelyn wants to check it out to make sure that it isn't something that she's seen before. Katarina agrees to let her come and Clary runs out into the front room to tell her mom that she's no not a baby anymore and she's coming with her. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we jump into Clary's point of view. I know, boo, we can't win them all. Um, <laughs> as she and Jocelyn arrive at the hospital and the trauma Clary experienced in relation to her mother's like kidnapping and subsequent magically induced coma from the first three books is very apparent here. Um, she hates just about everything, um, but the smell is the worst because the memories that it brings. The good old olfactory senses bringing up old shit. Um, <laughs> Clary. Dude, what? It's just hospital smell. I, I, yeah. I feel that. It's very, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have like medical anxiety. So like doctor's offices Oof. are real rough. Mm-hmm. Like, please. Mine don't is hurt leading me. up to it. Like, by the time mm. I've like made myself make the appointment and drove in my, I'm just ready to get it over with. But yeah. mine's everything leading up to making the appointment is where my anxiety is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just avoid it. Like, I, I, I do have anxiety about it because I avoid it. So, like, obviously there's anxiety because I avoid <laughs> making the appointment. But like the the where I like feel it is like sitting in the waiting room. And then when they, like, take you back and then you're just sitting there and you're fucking waiting and you're, like, naked with a sheet over, like, a paper sheet over you or something, you know? Oh. <laughs> right? I hate well, it. I so feel like I'm... give you a regular sheet? I just... I feel like aliens are going to come and, like, probe me or something. Like, it's just... Oh, it's the worst feeling. Anyway. Oh. Um, so Clary's spite spidey senses start tingling uh when a nurse pushes a patient by and clary notices like a shimmer around her a glamour maybe um so jocelyn tells clary not to stare she's like it's not nice to stare and since they can't exactly oh time out hold on um Trigger warning. If you haven't read this chapter yet, if you're one of those people who haven't read the books and you're just kind of listening along or whatever, trigger warning, we're talking about infant death. And if you're, if if that's not something that you can, you know, whatever, then probably not the best episode. Um, so where was I? Oh, yes. Since they can't exactly walk up to reception and demand to see a dead baby, um, she steers Clary away. Um, when Clary catches up, a catches up, catches a glimpse of their reflections, she acknowledges that the resemblance between them, um, that like it's there and it's something that she's continually rejected. Like even in the first book, she was like, yeah, my mom's so beautiful and I'm just this weird Mm -hmm. troll thing. Um, (laughs) obviously she has like self image issues. Right. And we've talked about that. Like having a hot mom is not fun. It's not. Do not recommend. <laughs> so you mean when I go to pick up Audrey from school looking like this, I'm just doing her mental health a favor. Right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. This is really for her. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm doing this for you, boo. But 
let me ask you a question. And this, you may have had this happen. Me, it was, it, it was mortifying. It killed my soul. My daughter asked me never to pick her up in shorts again. <laughs> when she was in like second grade. I was like, I will pick you up in shorts every fucking day if I want. Every day. <laughs> I didn't, um, but. <laughs> I haven't really, I never had to get out of the car until this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah stabby stabby um and my son's in kindergarten so i'm still like you still have a ways to go well yeah He's i my mean number one fan. i don't and i don't think william would ever have an issue girls uh-huh. are different i mean i <clears throat> i remember when i was shopping for a wedding dress and i was showing cassie pictures and she was like yeah that's really pretty but you're gonna need a bigger size <laughs> she was not wrong <laughs> And she was only four. (laughs) When we were, my daughter used to do that when there was stuff on like weight loss things. She was like, you need that, mom, when she was little. (laughs) Kids are so fucking honest, dude. I know. I know. And now my, um, which I should stop, but I I have this, it's the block. It's the millennial, let's say millennial falcon block, but I don't know why I need to say falcon. (laughs) That. You just start saying stuff about yourself before anybody. Like, you can't make fun of me because I'm going to make fun of myself first. So I'm very yeah. good at that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I do it often. But my son calls me on it. And he's like, don't say that. Don't say that. And I was like, listen, I should stop. But you're killing the vibe here. It's because it's funny. Because it's really right. bad for your mental health. But <laughs> but it's not. But it's funny. But it's not funny. But it's funny. But you should also um, never say anything like that to anybody else. It's just funny for me to uh-huh. say it. Yeah. yeah. Specifically, it's, it's like only you can funny because it's your about sibling, me. Yeah. But no one else can. Right. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I have a quick sidebar. It's very funny. My little brother is having a baby in like two weeks. Very exciting. I'm going to be an auntie. Um, and he's like... He likes to joke, like he jokes around and, you know, acts like a tough guy. And he is the softest marshmallow cinnamon roll you've ever met in your whole life. But he really tries to like put on a front and it's hilarious because we all just laugh at him. Um, so we were bullshitting about something. We were joking and he said something about like, uh, oh, whatever. I'll, I'll take off to Mexico or whatever. Um, something like that, like making a joke about like fleeing. Right. So he doesn't have to pay child support or whatever. Again, a joke. Okay. He's he's like, they're together and they're very happy. It was a joke. Um, and I told him, and I looked at him and I go, motherfucker, I would turn you in. And he was like, oh. I'm like, I don't, mm-mm. I'm like, my nephew? Absolutely not. I was like, I will turn you in so fucking fast. I'm like, yeah. I will GPS your fucking location, motherfucker. He was I so think what offended. you would actually do is step in and be him because I know you well enough that you would do that. Yeah, you would fair. just take over his role. Fair. <laughs> I, feel, feel, I feel seen and I don't like it. <laughs> You're going to be like uh, Robert De Niro and meet the parents. <clears throat> yeah, I am a little bit. <laughs> Or wait, what was it? it was Meet the Fockers. That's yeah. the one it was in. Meet the Fockers. I, yeah. that's crazy. I didn't even recognize that you said the wrong thing because that's in my head. I'm like, yeah, that's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's all called the same thing. Where were we? I don't know. 
Oh, yes. Seeing her reflection. So, um, <laughs> um, it's a nice bit of growth that we see with Clary and, you know, kind of seeing that like maturing or whatever. Um, of course, the inspection of her features leads her to think of her father um, and thoughts of V-Tang are never welcome. She's like, I don't really look like him. Maybe the chin a little bit, but I wouldn't want to dwell on that too much either. <laughs> Agreed. Well, I mean, again, as you get older, you see things different in writing mm-hmm. stuff. My brother and I look very much alike, mm-hmm. especially when we were younger. Um, but my two kids look like my son looks like the men in my family and my daughter is literally copy paste of her dad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like I get the way that she's like Sebastian got all of Vting's looks and like she mm-hmm. got all of Jocelyn's. That is in my that is real. Yep. Yeah. I, I'm a copy of my mother and my brother is of my father. We look uh-huh. exactly like our parents. But somehow we both still look similar. Yep. And my kids are the exact same way. They both look exactly like Andy and I both when we were children. And I'm like, are we brother and sister? <laughs> <laughs> are we Did the real <laughs> Clary and Jace? <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <sighs> yeah, my my brother, my the oldest brother and I, like our baby pictures, You if, if there was not a giant age difference, you wouldn't be able to tell our baby pictures of apart uh-huh that's awesome the only difference is that his are in 2000 and mine are in the 80s like <laughs> right right yeah, that's pretty easy to tell the difference that sepia tones out of the pictures oh, it's yeah. all faded everything's like light blue and brown <laughs> you know? welcome to my house <laughs> oh so luckily she's saved by the nurse from earlier calling for jocelyn um, this is Katarina Luss is her name and Warlock is her game. Uh, but Clary really needs to work on not letting her inside thoughts turn into outside words um, because her filter appears to be broken. And I feel her pain. This one's going to haunt her for a while. <laughs> oh, and Katarina's blue, <clears throat> which is super cool. And Katarina. Clary's kind of like, damn, she has to like fully glamour herself every fucking day. And she's like, uh-huh. she works as a nurse. That's wild. Do you think that um, her ringtone is that song? I'm blue. <laughs> I'm blue. Da, ba, dee, da, ba. I'm so- <laughs> it was 2008, right? We, they, it, they had to be thinking that when this came out. Right. <laughs> I used to think. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> so. No, share. <laughs> okay. This wasn't like, it wasn't a me thing. Like there was a thing going around when that song was popular. Cause that song was popular in like 98, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So this was like pre-major internet, right? 98, there was internet, there was chat rooms, but it was nothing like the internet of today. And yeah. so like things spread, but like no one knew the source, right? It wasn't like, oh, did you see that TikTok? Right. It was just uh-huh. things just happened. Like all of a sudden, all of us heard the story about Marilyn Manson, you know, removing his yes. rib or something. And we're like, what? You know, we don't know where it uh-huh. came from. That song, there was a thing going around that like the because no one knew what the fucking words were. And so they thought it was uh, I'm blue. I'm in need of a guy. And like, uh huh. Okay. And so, and I was young, and I was like, "Oh, is that what it means?" And I thought, and then 
And then my aunt was like, absolutely not. She's like, let me play it for you again. (laughs) I'm like, oh, okay. And I felt really stupid and it was a core memory for me. So. (laughs) (laughs) The Katarina loss. This is, this is my ADD train or whatever. I don't think I have ADD. This is my random thoughts train. Okay. Mm -hmm. Thinking of Katarina makes me think of David Cross in Arrested Development when he joins the Blue Man group. And so then all I can see is David Cross in jean shorts <laughs> when we think of oh, Katarina yeah. Loss. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because yep. he's a never nude. All never nude. <laughs> never nude. Um, so that's what I see when we talk about Katarina. For just a sec, it's a blip. It's a blip. <laughs> it's a blip. <laughs> and then my brain goes back to its regularly scheduled programming. That's great. <laughs> Tobias Fumke. <laughs> so Katarine, Katarina begrudgingly leads them both to the elevators, reminding them that the only reason she's helping them is because Mag- Magnus is a mutual friend. Seriously, Magnus is the MVP of this series. Okay. If they didn't have Magnus, none of these hero shadow hunters would have done shit. Like, agreed. He comes in clutch every time. Yeah. So Jocelyn corrects Katerina when she calls her fair child, explaining that she goes by Frey now. And it's just like another reminder that Jocelyn of Jocelyn's rejection of the shadow hunter culture. And Katerina turns her attention to Clary and asks her if she'll be a shadow hunter like her father, which Clary takes offense to. I would too. Rightfully so. <laughs> and it was, it was like just kind of a bitchy thing to say. I'm like, why are you antagonizing this child? Mm-hmm. It's a little weird. But Clary yeah, I agree. is nothing if not stupidly confident and matches the energy. <laughs> she does. This was awkward. She does. Clary tried to hide her annoyance. No, she said, I'm going to be a shadow hunter, but I'm not going to be like my father. And my name's Clarissa, but you can call me Clary. <laughs> the elevator came to a stop. The doors slid open. The warlock woman's blue eyes rested on Clary for a moment. Oh, I know your name, she said. She said, Clarissa Morgan Stern, little girl who stopped a big war. I guess so. Clary walked out of the elevator after Katerina, her mother close behind. Were you there? I don't remember seeing you. Okay. So, like, I like that she stands up. But I I could do without Clary's snark here. I'm like, I, I you were doing good at the beginning and then you went too far. Okay, look, I really wish I would have done a better job notating this in my head. Mm-hmm. Did Is Katarina starting off the energy or is she matching some of Clary's energy in the beginning? Well, because so, I remember when I was listening to it, I'm just like, why is Clary acting like this? And like Katarina's same. basically matching her energy. But now I really can't fucking remember. And it was just last night. I think the thing well, that, yeah, did it start with the V-Tang thing? I think the thing that kicked it off is that Clary was surprised when she finally saw through the, the glamour and kind of called out, oh, you're a warlock. And Katarina was like, shut the fuck up. Like, we're at my place oh, of business. Uh-huh. Honestly, I don't feel like that's, like, no mundane is going to take that seriously. Right? Like, or even be, like, mm-hmm. suspicious. Right, it, right. So I feel like that might have been where, like, Katarina kind of got off and was like, okay, this is a dumb little child. I'm going to teach her a lesson. 
but they're both like volleying back and forth. I don't think anyone's uh-huh. one way or the other. And I think Clary in this moment, like she goes too far. And well, and it's you think it's one of those things like obviously Katarina could lose her job by letting them come with her. And so it's like, I'm doing mm-hmm. you a favor. I'm like, don't my neck on don't the line. Don't draw and you're attention not even to us. About it. Yeah. 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 And yeah, and don't draw attention. Yeah. And I wasn't planning on bringing a child down here, you know. Even though no, she, she was upset that she was there. <laughs> yeah. Even though That's she true. calls her a child and then she's like, little girl who, who, you know, ended a war. She's clearly not a child. So you're, the, mm-hmm. the comments of like little girl and kid and the, like, you're doing it to be an asshole, even though you know yeah. that she's perfectly capable, right? Uh-huh. And, Which is weird because it's like you're an adult. Right. A very, very big adult. Yes. And then Clary's just leaning into the immaturity because, uh-huh. you know, she's like, oh, well, if you're going to treat me like that. I would have too. I would too. Yeah, I would have uh-huh. also. I'm mm-hmm. petty. Um, uh-huh. Tom Petty. <laughs> yeah. So reading the room, Jocelyn intercepts, explaining that Katarina took care of her and helped Magnus use the Book of the White uh, to like wake her up. And when... Magnus and Jocelyn went back to Idris to fight in the war. Katarina stayed in New York to protect the book. And Clary challenges this as just like the book needed protection. And I'm like, bitch, you know the book needed protection. Like, come on. Uh huh. A whole manor house crumbled. Exactly. You went through a whole thing with your brother lover in order to get it. Like, you know. (laughs) There was an angel. Like, it was big. (laughs) Yeah. And her, in her perspective, the war was the priority. Um, but Katarina doesn't play because Clary, like literally under her breath, is like, "Well, I thought the war was important." And I'm like, "Bitch, why? Why? Yeah, <laughs> it's too far. <laughs> getting getting way above yourself." Um, as she leads Clary and Jocelyn into the morgue, she explains that her gift is healing magic and she's dedicated her life to working in the mundane world and helping people. She could contract out to the shadow hunters or peddle her skills to dumb mundanes and get rich, but she chooses to help. Quote, so don't get all high and mighty on me, little redhead girl. You're no better than me just because you're famous. <laughs> yep. Oh, snap. Properly admonished, Clary apologizes. Good. I'm like, good. Apologize right away. Acknowledge that you did something. I was so proud of her yeah. for that. Um, and they headed into the room where they keep they keeps the bodies. Katarina marches over to one of the drawers and pulls it open, revealing a baby. Like she does not like there's no hesitation. There's no prepare yourself. There's no gentleness here. She was like. You asked me to do you a favor. I'm doing you a favor. We're going to get in and get out as quickly as possible. Um, uh-huh. And so Jocelyn rushes over, but Clary takes her time looking at Jocelyn first to see her reaction before she approaches. And I like this detail. It shows the more youthful side of Clary, who is like unsure in this situation. She's seen dead people, even dead children. She even talks about in her inner, inner monologue seeing mm. Max dead. Um But a dead baby is something else that she's, you know, she's never experienced. She doesn't know what to expect. And it's scary Um, because as humans, like, that feels very wrong, right? Uh Like, it feels very, like, you're supposed to be old when you die, you know? And Clary's only 16. So 
she doesn't have years and years of life experience to prepare her for, for something horrible, right? So I like that this is coming right at the heels of like Clary's teenager attitude because it shows she's very much that like in between stage between child and adult. Like she's very capable. She can do things. She saved the world um, and stopped a war, but she's unsure. And she still looks at her mom to like gauge how she should react, um, which shows the strength of their bond that they had established long before the shadow world was like revealed to her. Um, I just really like that. I thought it was interesting because we don't, because there's so much conflict with her and Jocelyn. We don't get a lot of like where their foundation is coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, at first, the baby looked normal, but as Clary continued to stare, the glamour began to fade and revealed like claws instead of fingers, gray skin, and full black like insect eyes, like no whites, just all. <sighs> Hello, folks. My name is Not Today Satan. I'll be your conductor today on the Nopesville train traveling direct from Evil Baby Central to Dear God Anywhere But Here. Please remember to keep your arms and legs inside the train at all times or a demon baby might eat it. Thank you and enjoy your ride. (laughs) I don't like it at all, you guys. Mm -hmm. I don't like it. It's wrong. Poor Jocelyn. Poor fucking Jocelyn. Jesus Christ. Um, Speaking of Jocelyn, Jocelyn whispered, that's how Jonathan's eyes were when he was born, like black tunnels. They changed later to look more human. But I remember. And like going back to remembering Jocelyn telling Clary about what happened with Jonathan and everything like that. That's wild because V-Tang gaslit her so bad and like mm-hmm. kept her on shit like that made her think she was crazy. And I could not imagine like the fear and trauma that that would be like bringing up. Like how many years did she like have to deal with the aftermath of that? Yeah. And like kind of trying to like detangle all of these memories that V-Tang is like fucked up in her head. It's awful. Right. Yeah. Well, who does she have to talk about it with? No mm-hmm. one. Maybe Luke? Once he came back I mean, into yeah. the picture. It sounds like but... she doesn't want to burden him with stuff yeah. like that. Uh-huh. Which it wouldn't be, but. I, like, I agree with you. I think that she could talk to Luke, but I have a feeling that Jocelyn never really allowed that with Luke. It was like, if you want to be here, mm-hmm. then we're going to live our normal lives. We're not going to talk about yeah. the past. I do have a feeling yep. that, like, she really did, like, this is my cross to bear. I'm going to bear it on my own. Which is mm-hmm. not a good way to handle things, folks. <laughs> no. You need friends and support and love. Uh, so it's too much for Jocelyn, and she rushes from the room, leaving Clary and Katerina alone. So Clary asks how the doctors couldn't tell that the baby wasn't normal. She's like, what the fuck? Um, and Katarina explains that mundanes only see what they want to see. Similar to the explanation of mundanes who like interact with demons from book one, like their brains process it as something that they can recognize, mm-hmm. which I just have to appreciate is like such a great line. Cause it's so simple. It's so easy. It explains everything for like a fantasy world where you don't have to dig deeper. Like that's enough. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> well, and then the way, the first half of the movie, mm-hmm. like the way that they did it with the cops and stuff, yeah. like 
That was so good. So good. Fucking first half of that movie was banging. <laughs> Dude, for real. <sighs> oh. So Katarina also gives Clary a piece of the blanket that the child was wrapped in when they found him uh, so that Jocelyn or the Silent Brothers might track who did this and stop them. So as soon as Clary takes it, uh, she sees a new rune in her mind's eye and makes the decision right there that she's not giving it to anyone until she figures out what her new rune does. Good plan. Which is pretty fast for someone who just had a horrifying experience the last time she created a rune. Okay, that's fair. She was like my husband um, when he's mad and frustrated, like when he's at a level 10. Um, he's an all or nothing guy. Mm. So he's like, fine, I'll just never, ever talk to that per like, or do this again, ever in my entire life. Which is <laughs> yep. how Clary kind of was with the rune. Until the next day, then you do it again. Obviously. <sighs> yeah. Oh. Uh, so before Clary leaves, Katarina makes sure that Clary will tell Magnus how she helped Jocelyn. Almost like Magnus called in a favor for Jocelyn, which is very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Like, that's... That was really telling. I'm like, okay, because up until this point, I thought it was like, oh, Katarina like looked after Jocelyn, so they made a connection or whatever. But this very much feels like the High Warlock called in a fucking favor for you. And I would never right. do this yeah. otherwise, you know? Well, and we know that obviously Katarina and Magnus are Biffle status. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Uh, So Clary agrees and leaves in kind of a fog. She realizes how heavy this situation is and how hard it must be on Jocelyn reliving the loss of her child like that. And I wish I could end this better, but this is a real bummer of a beginning of a chapter. So, yes. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Well, good thing we're done with it for now. So sorry. That's a really good stretch. I'm sorry. (laughs) Ugh. Feels good. Okay, so we jump over to uh, Simon and Jace situation going on there. And Eric's I Got a Guy owns a dive (laughs) bar that does an all-ages night on Saturdays. How is that a thing? I get, like, maybe 18 and over, maybe. But I just – this is – I get it. It has to fit into the the story for them to be able to be there. But it's weird. It doesn't seem – Legit. I would assume they do an all-ages night on, like, Friday. Not that that or, matters what day of the week it is. Right, maybe, yeah. It's weird. So, um, the band plays there whenever they want to, basically, because it's the all-ages thing. So, basically, any Saturday. So, apparently, <laughs> person slash wolves learn really quickly, because Kyle has already learned all the lyrics to the songs, and so he's also performing tonight as lead singer. Wow. So, yeah, that was fast. <laughs> Or their songs uh, are very simple. I'm sure they are. And you, right. you could probably mess up and no one would know. <laughs> Except that one groupie. Yeah, Maureen. We'll get to her. Uh-huh. <laughs> so Simon agrees to stay backstage, you know, to like Kyle and Jace because they're trying to protect him um, until the show starts. Since there are seemingly random people trying to recruit him to their tracksuit bandit dance team. <laughs> Yes. And They're going to do a like, flash mob. Exactly. Yes. Like an eight-year-old at a ballet recital, Simon peeks around the curtain to see the crowd. And he's like, is my mommy here? Which is also interesting because 
is his mommy there? Like, Mm -hmm. why isn't she? Does she not come to his gigs ever? I would want to see my kid. I guess I wouldn't want to embarrass him. Well, she still thinks he's out Mm -hmm. on a school trip or whatever. That's fair. Hopefully she does anyway, right? Uh, Hopefully. Fingers crossed. (laughs) Yeah. So he sees, when he looks out, uh, he sees Izzy looking hot as fuck (laughs) in a chainmail type dress, demon stomping boots, and razor sharp chopsticks holding her hair into a bun. Listen, she's... You want to talk about nuclear bomb of girlfriends that's what izzy is (laughs) right forget jace yeah she's also wearing um red lipstick which is everything that robin has been searching for in her life this is true and uh it makes simon think of blood because he's so hungry so he's just like stop it anything red is just making him think of blood and okay so kirk and matt's girlfriends are at another table sharing bland looking nachos and then there's maureen simon's biggest and only fan and (laughs) simon makes a point to guess she says that she's 16 she looks like she's 12 i think he said um but she thinks she's probably about 14 and um i don't again i just i think it's a weird thing (laughs) for this all all ages night to be a thing it just doesn't seem like it would financially be worth it (laughs) for a bar which i get it it's a dive bar but still like 14 year olds aren't going to be spending a lot of money on beverages Mm -hmm. right they're probably getting a coke maybe there's a minimum and you have to buy a beverage i don't know maybe there's a cover charge yeah yeah maybe uh so backstage jace offers to show simon a photo alec had sent him of himself and magnus in berlin Mm -hmm. And Simon declines, but Jace sweetens the offer by adding that Magnus is in Lederhosen. <laughs> For some reason, Simon still declines, which... Crazy. I, why? <laughs> right? <laughs> Lost his damn mind. <laughs> yeah. Now, I know we weren't all a super big fan of Red Scrolls, but I do like the end of it makes me appreciate these fun little things because we know this was those photos were staged. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's really fun to hear about them. And he's going to turn down the moose knuckle. Mm -hmm. Why? Agreed. Why would you Gotta see it. Gotta see it. (sighs) (laughs) Like Cold Stone. Gotta have it. (laughs) (laughs) Simon isn't feeling well, but he isn't going to admit it, which I don't really understand why. Like, I don't know what your plan is. You're not, like, waiting for someone to bring you blood. Like, Jace can be your hookup. Just tell him you are hungry. I mean, he could also tell Clary, but she's not coming tonight because of some wedding stuff. What are you going to do for wedding stuff on a Saturday night? Right? Don't get it. I don't know. And, like, if Isabel was going to meet him there, just ask Izzy to bring blood with you. Like, I understand its plot. Okay? Mm -hmm. Don't think I'm trying to make this anything Mm -hmm. bigger than what it is. Mm -hmm. And I know everything can't just be super simple because the story has to go somewhere. Right. But, like, come on, man. So Uh many options. I mean, the only thing I can think of is that he's a vegetarian, so he's just, like, doesn't want it, and he's trying to put it off. But when you're that hungry that all you're thinking about, just you just got to bite the bullet. It's one of those things that, like, looking at it with our adult brains, we're like, Mm. like, I hate it when I can see a disaster coming, like, 12 steps ahead, and you're like, bro, every fucking time you miss the red flag. But then I look back at my teen years and I'm like, no, that's accurate. That's accurate. Yes. I missed all the red flags. Mm-hmm. 
Never even saw the color red. Nope. Didn't even know. <laughs> My glasses were red, so everything was red. Yeah. <laughs> Rose-colored glasses. <Yep>. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so anyway, Jace seems, he, you know, because he had told Jace that Clary wasn't coming. And he seemed relieved and upset about her not being there, like, b- both emotions at the same time. And somehow I get that. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So Kyle comes back to tell Simon it's time, you know, it is time. And he just checks in on him and makes sure that he's doing okay. And Simon sees Jace and Kyle. And he's like, uh. And he kind of goes back and forth between them. He's like, are you guys wearing the same shirt? You guys are twinsies. You match. (laughs) (laughs) So Jace had borrowed one of Kyle's shirts because he didn't have anything clean, which is not a big deal. But, like, why didn't Kyle just choose something different so they weren't matching? It's just a plain long black T-shirt. Because he just like wear he only short sleeves? he only has plain long sleeve black t shirts I mean, <laughs> because he's I get it he's like he's like a CIA agent who's been put into assignment he went and bought all the same things <laughs> he's got like five pairs of clothes right. <laughs> yep I mean it's funnier in my head he should at least weird. have like a big dog's shirt or like one of those yeah. ones that have like hang loose on the mat uh huh. <laughs> He, he needs some, like, either Burton snowboarding gear or some billabong. Mm-hmm. Yes. Independent yes. truck company. Oh, uh, I mean, 2008, yeah. Von Dutch. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Those were so He's got Ed Hardy. Ugly. Like tigers. So awful. I had a purse that yes. said Mrs. Kutcher. That's psycho. You did not. I did. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I remember wanting, I after my kid was born, this is obviously aged up a little bit, um, when that, like, I really wanted one of those juicy couture velour purses mm, or whatever. Course. And I never got one. And I am so glad right? no money was wasted on that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just like, it's one of those, what is it? God always has a plan. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> to keep you away from velour. <laughs> oh geez okay so basically simon's like all right whatever as long as everybody's still wearing their own pants like whatever which who are you to make the rules but okay so (laughs) fucking damn straight So Eric peeks through the curtains and he's like, all right, if you guys are done like talking about some weird shit, sharing people's pants, like let's get this show on the road. So that's it. Like they must start playing because we jump over to the Institute where Luke and Maris are waiting for Raphael. And he is three freaking hours late. And that is just insane. Three hours. Luke's like, I'm just reading book. So we get a little POV from Luke and he's thinking about like vampire politics and how Raphael is late. So he will come, but it will be on his own time. No shadow hunters are going to tell him what to do. And Luke knows this. It sounds like they expected this to happen. So it's weird to wait that long because like what if he made you wait all night? Were you just going to how what would have been the cutoff? Because I feel like an hour would have been my cutoff. Three hours is a long time. Yeah, but okay. So finally, uh, Raphael, I feel like I say that really white, like I'm talking about the Ninja Turtle, but I'm sorry. 
Um, <laughs> his projection appears and he's like, Ugh, what do you want? Which is exactly how my four-year-old sounded in the car yesterday. I'm like, Lincoln, Lincoln. And he's like, what? <laughs> you are four. Barely. This week. Just stop it. Okay. <gasps> Dude, I, my kid rolled his eyes at me yesterday. And I saw it in the rearview mirror. And I was like, how dare you? Right? I can see you, you know. <laughs> so, Raffi notices that Luke is also there. And he's intrigued. He's like, the fuck did I just appear into? Is this a council meeting? Did you trap me? <laughs> <laughs> and Maris asks, uh, she's like, no, no. But, you know, whatever. Maris asks him if he's heard about the shadow hunter bodies that have been found. And he's like, bitch, you better not be trying to pin this on my clan. You know I don't have anything to do with that. And Luke steps in and explains, like, the locations of the bodies and where they were and points out the obvious the next likely place would be the vampire territory. So he's like, we're here to show good faith that we don't think that your clan is behind this. Um, but one of the dead were able to tell us before he died, because Luke starts to kind of say, like, <laughs> the dead guy told us and, and Maris had to clarify because we don't want anybody knowing that we woke up the dead um, <laughs> that Camille is respons- was responsible for his death and Raphael's like oh no that can't be no that can't be possible mm-hmm. and looks like the price not? is wrong bitch right <laughs> it looks like she's like a super powerful really old vampire and she just kind of like disappeared she didn't even come to idris to fight in the war no one has heard of her until this like what's going on don't you mean and- idris god yeah. awful awful stop it make it stop i literally did that while i was making dinner listening to this and my husband's like is everything okay and i was like no it's not <laughs> it is absolutely not the- it's not okay I've said it once. I'll say it a million times. The audible issues with this series boggle mm-hmm. my mind. It makes no sense. This series Absolutely. is way too valuable to have these silly, silly, stupid mistakes in your audible. It's so Agreed. bad. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I am listening to Lady Midnight. And there's a character's name that has been said four different ways. That is crazy. And it's progressively getting better, which is good. But it was very wrong at first. Okay. God, I can't wait to get there. I think you know who I'm talking about. (sighs) Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Nope. You're fine. I'm into it. So um, Maris goes on and she's like, there is something going on. Oh, this is a quote. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm jumping into a (laughs) quote here because I have to. (laughs) There is something going on, Maris said. We wanted to give you the chance to explain it to us before we told the clave of Camille's involvement. A show of good faith. Yes, said Raphael. Yes, it is certainly good faith. And I love him. I don't know if this is snarky. Like, yeah, okay, I'm sure. Or if this is like, yeah, yeah, I I can see that. This is good faith. I gotcha. Like, I don't know how he's... I feel like the snark is real with him. So that's probably where he's going, obviously. But I love him so much, I can't tell. He's an Amanda, if you will. Oh, yeah. 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 This is your your soul character is Raphael. Yeah. He is one of my faves for sure. (laughs) So this is when Luke turns on the daddy mode and he steps back in and tries to comfort Raphael by telling him he doesn't need to protect uh, Camille, even if he cares for her. And Raphael's like, ew, care for her? That was me spitting. 
Just so you know. <laughs> He's like, I hate that bitch. And without anyone even questioning it, he just goes into the story because he is just pissed. So his story condensed is that Camille came to Manhattan from London, but he doesn't say like when she came over here, but she um, it only took her a little bit to become head of the their clan. So obviously she's good at convincing people. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. Well, he says that they don't do that to each other. They're not like the werewolves. Gotcha. So I know that was a dig. Yeah. It really was. And so she was head of the clan when he was turned 50 years ago. So it's been a while. And last year, um, she had made him second in command. But a few months ago, he found out she was killing humans for fun, like for sport. And that's like wrong because it's called murder. <laughs> and um, <laughs> he didn't want to take her out because he's not a dirty person slash wolf. And he's kind of scared of her allies because she's super old, like old as dirt. And so he just told her she needed to leave or he was going to call the Shadowhunter cops. And um, it sounds like he um, mostly did this because he didn't want to be called out in front of other clans that this was happening because it would just be embarrassing. Like he was trying to save face, he said. Yep. And since she hadn't officially uh, stepped down, Raphael made up a story about her needing to travel um, so that someone could lead in her absence because he says it's a common way, like vampires often feel like the need to travel because they live for so long that staying in place for so many years becomes boring. So he's like, it made sense. You know, it all fitted in together. Like now I guess I can't get away with it. So Luke tells him that the word going around town is that um, Raphael is actually the one that did those things. And he doesn't know what to say, except that if the clave believes that he needs to be punished for lying and like this whole situation with her, he'll take his punishment. Um, unless like you know whatever but anyway so they're like yeah we're not interested in punishing you unless you don't want to help us and he's like hmm tell me more what do you need help with <laughs> so their plan is to capture Camille alive just to question her like promise pinky promise but we want to know why she's killing shadow hunters especially these ones and Raphael's like I hope you have a big tr trunk because I'm going to put my bike in it <clears throat> <laughs> just kidding he's like i hope you have a good plan because she is a badass boss bitch so you should be scared and luke's plan he's like oh we do it involves simon and Raphael's like yeah, i don't like him so uh i feel that but luke's basically like i don't give a shit you have no choice that's part of the deal deal or no deal bro deal or no deal i like a deal breaker simon's a deal breaker I like that Raphael is such a, like, he's just so fiercely, like, I'm doing what's right for me and mine. Like, nothing mm -hmm. else. I don't give a fuck about anything else. But yeah. you can tell he's got, like, a soft, good heart, right? Like, underneath it. Like, there's, there's a semblance of it. But he's such a grumpy-ass old man that he just, like, <laughs> buries it. I love it. I love it so I much. I do too. Mm -hmm. Have you? Did you guys ever watch Umbrella Academy? No. There's a character. I watched like the first episode, but there's a character that like time travels. He's like a, that's his superpower or whatever. Um, and he got caught like time like in a time loop or you know whatever. So oh, he's okay. the like physically he's like you know 
13 or whatever, but he's an old man and he acts like an old man. And that's very, it very much gives Raphael for me. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's on brand. Yeah. That's great. I would love to see that. I should watch it. I think you would like it. Oh. Yeah. That koozie gets me every time. Okay. We're back <laughs> in the POV of Miss Fairchild. And she's cursing herself for not taking an umbrella on her stroll to the Alto Bar to see Simon and Millennium Lint play. Which I don't think the band is Simon and Millennial Lint. I think it's just called Millennial Lint, but I wrote it like <laughs> right. that. So. Uh, when she finally reaches the bar and pops inside, the guys are already on stage. Kyle at the front, giving off the much-needed main character energy to the band. And she thinks to herself, like, that's all thanks to me. <laughs> I did that. I did that. And she starts sco- scoping the room, looking for one of Simon's girlfriends to sit with. <laughs> and she's not sure which of them was invited, uh, but she wants to meet whichever one it is at a table. And she sees someone that she thinks might be Isabel. But it turns out to be an older woman sitting at a table with a power suit reading a newspaper. Not the vibe. Mm -mm. Who is that? Who's that? Don't know. Who's there? Knock, knock. Who's there? I don't know. She's she's there to see a recruiter, right? Is that what they call him? Or whatever, to get him to join their record Mm -hmm. label? (laughs) Talent agent. (laughs) Yes, there you go. I love it. Um... Well, good for Clary. She doesn't have to scope long because Izzy spots her and starts waving her over. And Izzy's like, WTF, mate. I thought you weren't able to make it tonight. And Clary tells her that her mom wasn't feeling well, so she decided to reschedule their plans for that evening. And Clary thinks about how, when they had gotten back to the house, Jocelyn shut herself in her bedroom and was crying. And Clary's, like, outside of the door trying to help her, but her mom is refusing to let her in or talk to her. And I feel bad for saying this after we talked earlier, but I think I'm going to say it anyway. And I like Jocelyn less and less. Like, I totally get parents are humans and it's impossible to be happy all the time. But she's really creating some generational trauma here. And it the vibe is not on. Nope. Mm-hmm. For me. We're not vibing. Nope. Well, because what she's doing is she's like, I, I, I get you're upset all of this stuff, but you managed to make it all the way home with your kid. Right? Like, and if you need alone time, that's fine, but communicate that. Like, you have, I understand that this is traumatic for you, but it's also traumatic for your kid. And as a parent, no matter what you're going through, your kid should be the priority. Right? So making sure that they're okay before you, you gotta, you gotta put on like, I know, like, in the in the flight, you're supposed to put on your mask first. I get that. But, like, you had the whole ride home to get your shit together so you could at least address your child before you took time for yourself. And your kid's or sitting out your... do you think she ran off? <clears throat> like, without clarity, I guess maybe. Even. I mean, I would assume because they got home together, right? I don't know. Maybe not. It sounds, it sounds like they did. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off when you were on Steam there, but no, but I just, I just, if your kid's sitting outside, it, there's one thing to be like, hey, I need some time alone and go in your room and do whatever you need to do. But if your kid's outside your door trying to like reach you and you're just gonna ignore them, mm-hmm. what are you? One, you're not helping anyone. You know better. You know that this is not the right way to handle this, and you should be mm-hmm. an adult. 
Yes. And if you uh-huh. need help, then call Luke and say, hey, I need your help because I can't handle this with Clary right now. I need you to take over. He's supposed to be your partner, right? Like, well, and the, so Luke comes, like, I'm going to say what I wrote mm-hmm. and then we can continue our discussion. So I said, Clary's saved by the wolf when Luke returns and she, like, bolts out. She's like, good, you got it handled. So it seems like she's letting Luke in, mm-hmm. but not Clary. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that she thinks that she can, like, oh, I can lean on Luke and Luke can take care of this for me. And, like, Clary maybe is just another thing that I'm going to have to, like, deal with or whatever. But there is a lot to be said to having a conversation, even if that conversation is just to say, I can't do this right now. Mm -hmm. And I think, and especially, I don't know, I don't have kids that are 16 and 17. I don't. Mm -hmm. So... I don't know exactly, but I think especially a child and especially one like Clary, who has done all the things that she did again, we've, which have been brought up in this chapter. Right. She watched Max die. She fought in a war. She's done all these things. She can handle you saying this was very difficult for me and I'm going to need an hour. Please. I just need like, some please time. Try to exactly. understand. Yes. I need some time. Mm-hmm. Instead of scaring your child. Uh-huh. By acting... And then making her feel yeah. worthless. Yep. Like, she can't come in, she can't help you, she can't do whatever. Yep. Yeah. I don't... I, I, I agree with you. There's a lot of issues with Jocelyn, and... I just... She... She seems to treat Clary as, like... This thing that won't do what she says, Right? Like, Uh almost like she expects Clary to just do what she says and be able to control Clary. And that's how she's supposed to operate in their relationship. And every time Clary tries to do anything that feels like either a deeper connection or, like, I'm setting boundaries. Like, you did something really fucked up and, like, messed with my brain and my memories and, like, all of this shit. And I'm making a decision for myself that I'm going to do this. It feels like every step of the way, Jocelyn's fear of, like, losing her daughter is causing her to try and control, 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 control. And so then when something like this happens where Clary very much could have helped her mother in this scenario because Clary is growing up and turning and, you know, becoming an adult. And, you know, this would have been a great moment for them to, like, at least at the very minimum, like you said, have an honest conversation of, hey, I need some time on my own. And make her and make Clary feel like she like is part of that, right? And the the conversation of like, can you do that for me? Yeah, I can give you some time alone. I understand that. Like, it's just more like, it's just more better. <laughs> more <laughs> better. The thing with it for me, it's like it's very much like <clears throat> you're saying. Clary's the one. We know Jocelyn is has trauma. We know this. Sure. We've talked about it. Whatever. But she's put her through so much, mm-hmm. Jocelyn, and their parent-daughter relationship, mm-hmm. mother-daughter relationship. Jocelyn's basically been the antagonistic one that's, like, done everything. Yeah. So she was really scared of what V-Tang would do to Clary, and then she turns around and just ends up mm-hmm. messing her up anyway. Mm-hmm. And instead of owning that and apologizing and trying to build the bridge, she's just constantly making Clary do all of the work. Mm-hmm. Because yep. she could just be like, okay, well, I'm a shadow hunter now. I'm going to go live at the Institute. F you, bye. 
you know, and she doesn't need to get permission for her or follow her rules or do anything else. And she's really just trying to be the perfect person for her. So her mom will want her around. Yeah. Yeah. And then Jocelyn's not giving anything back. And when I read this the first time, I did not give a shit about Jocelyn or think too much about of her course. as a character. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm just like, dude, you suck. Well, yeah. It's yeah. definitely different reading it from a parent's perspective. Because every time I see Jocelyn do it, I'm like, what? A- you're a shitty mom. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're yep. emotionally manipulative and... You've done these terrible, horrible things to your child. You really have. I understand that it was in your eyes for the sake of protection, but like you fucked up your kid and you did it because it was easier for you than having to explain to her the truth. Right. Yep. Yep. Jocelyn needs some. Could literally talk about this forever. Yeah, she needs some therapy. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> yep. So, so this interaction. After, so Izzy's like, I thought you weren't going to be here. Clary answers her. This whole thought, not obviously our tangent, but everything about like what had happened back at their house is an internal thought for Clary. And though, even though Izzy asked her a question, she's not really listening to Clary's answer. And Clary thinks, again, quote, sometimes her almost total lack of interest in other people's problems was something of a relief. And that is why I do not agree with you that Izzy is a nuclear bomb of girlfriends. She's fucking rude. <laughs> uh-huh. Absolutely not. Yeah. I think it is rude and disrespectful. Yeah. Agreed. And I know for her it's armor. Oh, for sure. I know that. But it doesn't make it any less shitty. Like, you're still acting yeah. shitty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, again, it's totally armor. Every And then even this next thing mm-hmm. is armor for her. So she starts gushing over how hot H-A-W-T Kyle (laughs) is. And she's like, I'd like to ride him. Wink, wink. Sausage joke. Wink, wink. (laughs) And Clary's offended. Um, Like, Izzy. And she waves it off by telling her again, this is twice now, that her and Simon aren't exclusive. Definitely armor. I will. I will say for. Yes, I agree. Izzy. Doesn't matter whatever whatever your issues are, we all have issues. You still don't. It doesn't give you an excuse to be a dick, right? Mm-hmm. I agree, but in this situation, I'm just like Izzy has zero room to talk. She will never be able to be mad at Simon about if if and when anything comes out. Specifically, because even the argument that we were making before was like, yeah, you're right. They didn't, they weren't exclusive, but you don't, like, they know each other and that's fucked up. What she just did right here, flirting with Kyle like that, she has no room, she has no room to talk about if anything ever comes out. Like, she just shot herself in the fucking foot. Well, and, like, doing it especially, like, Clary's gonna tell Simon that. Well, and obviously... They're they're besties. Or she'd be a shitty friend if she didn't. Yeah, well, and of Mm -hmm. course she's doing it because Izzy's insecure and she likes male attention and it makes her feel like, you know, and she's scared of getting too close to Simon, but she really likes him. You know, it's... But that doesn't mean that she doesn't have to reap the consequences of her fucking actions because she's being a little bitch. (laughs) I mean, to be fair to Izzy... 
I have been married a long time and I could still be like, hey, Idris Elba. Or, you know, <laughs> You're like, Although I if I went little, to Magic Mike, I, I would okay, still. Here's the difference. It's different. I think it's different because Idris Elba is not a real person in your life. That's yeah. fair. It wouldn't be like there's, oh, did you see this new guy that just got hired at work? Oh, my God. Like, that would be a little bit more than opposed to. <gasps> Who actively works this... with your husband. <laughs> uh-huh. Like, they're okay, actively fine. in a band with your That's husband. Fine. Don't, if he was band, in a band. Don't look at me band. like that, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's the difference between this is a fictional mm-hmm. that's fair person yeah. or like this is a real person in your life. Not that okay. it just Ilpa is a, is a fictional person. He's just not in, I'm my in head. your life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and the fact of you ever meeting yeah. him and if you did He'd be like, I'm leaving my family for you, Amanda. Yeah, for you. Because he would definitely want me. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Ramil Devane. Okay, love potion. Sorry. Anyway. Um, moving on. Clearly Clary, which is one of my favorite things to write, by the by. Um, she can't really object or have anything to say about the whole fidelity situation, like, in defense of Simon. She can't say anything. They're kind of effing each other. When a familiar shape catches her eye. And she recites to herself, a la Dr. Seuss, how she will always recognize her man. She's like in the dark, in a park, with a lark, on some bark. So she doesn't actually say that. But she's like, all, she's naming all these situations how she would always recognize Jace's oh shadow, his silhouette. And she eyes him, noting internally how he's dressed like a mundane, which I find weird that she points that out. I don't Uh think she's there yet in her shadow world hijinks, okay? Mm -hmm. Especially saying, oh, he's dressed like a mundane. Anyway, maybe she would. I mean, I guess, is he he always in gear? I wouldn't think so. I mean, I swear, okay, this could just be my brain playing something Mm -hmm. out in my head. But I I feel like there's a scene where he's like barefoot and he's in like light jeans. Right. Well, because all of their normal, their like their civvy clothes are still they're just mundane clothes. Uh-huh. Like maybe for her, it's like oh he's out. Like maybe it's like oh he must not be on assignment. Mm-hmm. Like he's in mundane clothes. Maybe he's not assigned. He's not on patrol. Right. Maybe that's what it is, and I'm thinking too much into it. I just, I still I agree with you. I still feel like it feels weird. It's weird. Yeah. And so she starts getting mom's spaghetti, right? (laughs) Heart palpitations, her palms are sweaty, mom's spaghetti. And Izzy, like, aggressively kind of tells her to go talk to Jace. And she's, like, almost annoyed by it. And I feel like, again, it's the Izzy armor. Like, oh, you being in love and, like, this so disgusting. Just go talk to him. You know, you want to. And it takes all of, like, two seconds for her to be convinced. So she goes over to see what's up, fretting about how she's dressed and yet again, comparing herself to Jace's actual sister. Well, adopted sister. <laughs> you, you know what I mean. It's like, if only I could look like your sister. No, no. he doesn't care. No. <laughs> um, so once she gets closer, she can see how tired he looks. Saying his name. And then um, like when she says, like, Jace, the color drains from his face. And he says, like, what are you doing here? Simon said you weren't coming. 
Clary's heart sinks. Yeah. She's like, damn, you only came because I wasn't going to be there. And then, so proud of her. Again, she's done a very good job advocating for herself today. Just mm-hmm. a little differently at the hospital. She asks, like, she's like, okay, well, are you ever going to talk to me again? Because if you're going to break up, then the least you could do is come out with it and not leave me to figure it out on my own. Yes. Good for her. Mm-hmm. She had the cojones. And, yep. And Jace is in his feelings about this statement. A statement. And he finally has, I was going to say, like, he finally blows up or he finally explodes. But he doesn't really explode in, like, a dramatic way. But it's definitely Jace is very in control of the mask he has on his mm-hmm. feelings. So he, like, lets that kind of slip away, which is out of character for him. Um, which is why it was. I was, like, in my head, I was like, he exploded. No, he didn't. But he definitely, like, slipped out of his reacted yeah Uh uh-huh and he says um like basically why is everybody asking if i'm gonna break up with you and then he says (laughs) quote i can't talk to you i can't be with you i can't even look at you Uh, yeah it's a weird thing to follow that sentence up with my mom used to say that when we were getting in trouble go away i can't even look at you dude that feels bad anyway uh i think it was it must have been in some sort of fucking there must have been Gen X yeah. parenting guide. It was a movie yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. My mom was a boomer. She said the same thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, and he immediately has a toothpaste moment. Okay. He wants mm-hmm. to put it back in the tube and he can't. It's nope. already out. And so they just stare at each other until Clary Barry Goldberg's out of there. Like literally out of the bar. She's gone like a freight train. And then we go back on stage. Eric is addressing the audience, dedicating the song that they're going to sing to his new girlfriend. And Simon notes that Eric is being super earnest in his dedication, but the audience thinks it's a joke. Uh-huh. And normally this interaction like would have been like fine with Simon. He would have really liked um, the surprise addition to the set list. Um, but he's not feeling well. And uh, it's because you see Simon is on the struggle bus right now. He's feeling, quote, dizzy, sticky, and sick with sweat. His mouth tasting metallic like old blood. Mm. He pushed it a little too far. The sound of the stage are too much, and his hands start slipping off the guitar. He looks out in the audience to try to spot Isabel, but all he saw were a sea of white faces turned at him, which reminds him of his first night at the Hotel Dumont. Mm-hmm. I know it says Dumont in the book. Because when you said Dumont, I was like, isn't it Dumort? But they have it as Dumont, but I like Dumort better, so that's what I'm going to go yep. with. Awesome. Anyway, his bandmates are oblivious to what is happening with Simon, and he ends up peeling his guitar off, like, his body, and he runs off stage, getting just behind the curtain, falling down to his knees, and he starts to, like, dry heave. And this is a giant sidebar, and I wrote this last night, but maybe I'm thinking today doubled this. Okay, (laughs) the closest I've come to this feeling is like being in like a super hot shower and getting really dizzy and like almost passing out like like the steam or something was too much. Um, Today, I might have worked myself into a bigger tizzy Mm -hmm. driving home. But how about you? Anything? Any coming close to this? Like when I get spinning flashes, this is what it's like. Like I have to immediately lay down or I will fall down like. It's bad. Okay. Yeah. My whole body, I get like cold shakes, 
like super overheated. I strip off all my clothes. I can't see. Like I will pass out if I don't get cool real quick. It's bad. Interesting. That's how I feel when I'm going to puke. <clears throat> oh, yeah. When your mouth Same starts thing. salivating. And, and you yeah. get the clamminess. Yeah. Yes. The sticky. <laughs> uh-huh. And I obviously, I was just telling Kristen this. I passed out a couple weeks ago after I vomited for some random reason. So, yeah, been there. I was fine. But, yeah. I yeah. have. It's got to be awful to feel that right there with all the people uh-huh. behind the, the screen, the curtain. I've uh-huh. noticed, and it's probably not good. I should probably talk to a doctor about it. But it maybe it's just getting older. Um, <laughs> I've noticed, like, over the last year or so, I puke way more often than necessary and it's not because i'm sick i will just like randomly be like i i have to puke and then i just puke and then i'm fine that is a little weird it is weird it sounds like gerd Ooh, maybe mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. especially you said coffee does that maybe mm-hmm. the acid from the yeah uh-huh. that's because well, i have terrible heartburn yep. so yeah that might be it Mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's um sometimes it's not a heartburn feeling it's a pressure mm-hmm. feeling instead so it gets like misdiagnosed or it can feel like your heart is restricting or yeah. whatever. And it's actually the stomach acid that's doing it. So Crazy. then when you vomit, you feel better. Mm-hmm. So if you feel like that, you should take gas Oh, okay. I have some. Cause you, Dr. Robin. Yeah. Well, Robin's why I have it. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. She was like, you got to get this shit. This is the shit. <laughs> Her medical anxiety is given. She has Googled everything that you could be a doctor by now. I used Google. a new face mask and I almost sent you a picture of my face afterwards to be like, is this normal? Because it was kind of blotchy, but it went away. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Livy fell and hit her head at our um, company picnic because I'm a terrible mother and she just, whatever, <laughs> she's fine. But I had to bring her to Robin and be like, she doesn't have a concussion, right? Like, she's fine. And she, yeah. Obviously. Robin said she was fine, so I felt fine. Yeah. She was this checked is... out by the by the emergency doc. <laughs> Toddlers are bouncy. Oh, I love it. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, that's what, okay, this is, again, I'm so sorry, but I have to tell you this because it blew my mind. And it probably isn't going to blow anybody else's mind because whatever. <laughs> my kid's going in to get orthodontist orthodontia mm-hmm. orthodontist appointment mm-hmm. on the 15th of march and we were kind of like debating whether we should do it or we should wait or whatever and i was asking the doctor i'm like how long does it take to get a referral because it's kaiser and they're slow and he's like oh well depending on which clinic you're at it could take like six to eight months to be seen and i'm like well is this something that like like her she has a crossbite mm-hmm. but her teeth aren't like my teeth were mm-hmm. And I'm like, so it doesn't really matter, right? And he's like, well, after about 12, like, the bones in your jaw actually start to set. So it'll be harder to correct anything. Like, it'll be, like, more intensive. And I was like, dude, it takes that long for your bones to set? For real? Right? Well, like, how cool is that? Like, it makes sense. Yeah. It's always – the orthodontist is such an interesting thing because it's changed so much from when we were kids, right? Like, you couldn't get mm-hmm. orthodontia until you had all your adult teeth. Um, yes. And now they're like, no, 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 we want to start them now to, like, get it, whatever. But I'm like, but you're still going to have to put braces on their adult teeth when they come in, right? And they're like, well, yeah. I'm like, so she just has braces for twice as long? Well, it's easier. No, it's not because it's twice as fucking long. Yeah. And you're probably mm-hmm. paying twice as exactly. much. Exactly. Well, and my kids, 
got teeth very young and lost all of their teeth very mm-hmm. young. So she was, when we went in at first, she had one more mm-hmm. adult molar that needed to come in, one more 12-year-old yeah. molar. And that's what we were waiting for. So it's like by the time she gets the appointment, the molar is going to be in. Like we might as well start the process now or That's whatever. always been so fucking crazy to me because like Bryn still hasn't lost all her baby teeth. And she's 15 in like two weeks. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like her. That's crazy. They, they just hang on, man. She never, I, she had one tiny cavity once, but no, which is shocking for me because I'm like, you don't brush your teeth as much as you should because you're a teenager. I mean, (laughs) does anybody, yeah, really? My six-year-old has six adult teeth in and he has two wiggly teeth on the side now again. Crazy. Yeah. Anyway, this back to business. Brent didn't lose her first tooth until she was seven. Both of my kids yeah. lost, they got their first teeth at four months, both of them, and they lost their first teeth at four years old. Literally like the same month of being alive. They both got them and lost them at the same time. Isn't that wild that we're all the same fucking species and are the variations are so wild like that? Yes. Uh-huh. It's crazy. It was nice because they had all their teeth in before they were one. <laughs> they never really cried or had any issues like with full it. Set like it was, teeth. <laughs> Yeah. The, the full Renesme. <laughs> what an awful name. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Wow, back to business. Sorry that that took a turn more than I thought it would. Okay. So Simon is like a cat trying to hack up like a fur ball, okay? Mm-hmm. And there's nothing coming out. And he thinks of Jace telling him that for vampires, blood is blood. And I was trying to think of a cool, like, like blood calls to blood sort of thing. And I couldn't. So um, imagine I said something really funny right there. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he's having this realization that maybe what is happening to him aren't the consequence. Like, maybe it is the consequences of his own actions. Or maybe he was poisoned. <laughs> and the mark of Cain isn't able to protect him from it. Okay. Which means he's still full spiral. Yeah, I feel this. Mm-hmm. I feel it. Okay. You haven't decided what the cause is, so then you can't fix it yet. But he does decide that maybe some New York City air would help him clear the sickness. So he heads out the fire door and waiting for him on the other side is little Maureen, which, by the by, I always think of Rent, the musical, when I hear that name. And then I distract myself by singing all the songs, all of okay. them. In my head. The tango Maureen, if you will. And she's dressed in totally middle school Roar XD fashion. Okay? (laughs) She is. And it's adorable. And she wants to take a picture of Simon to show her friends, which, again, been there, done that. Been there, cringed that. Okay? Lived that moment. And (laughs) Simon agrees only because he guilts himself into it by thinking how... um, since they don't really have any fans, he can't possibly be rude to her and make her go away. Like, this is their only fan. He can't be mean to her. And so she snaps the photo and then she pulls up next to him to come take a selfie. And he can smell her strawberry lip gloss and the sweet, salty taste of her human blood. And she pulls the phone up to, like, helicopter stance. And then he starts seeing this vein in her neck pulsing. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, it's getting good. Um, and 
Simon's fangs slip out, like sending a shock of pain into his mouth. And then Maureen gasps and her phone just gets like yeeted, goes flying. <laughs> and Simon grabs her and digs his fangs right into like her throat, her neck, her neck meat, mm. if you will. Yeah, we will. Blood explodes into his mouth, and the taste of it is just absolute perfection. It is the seared salmon of vampire dishes, if you will. Which, this is, I know this is an intense part, but I have to share this, because it's so stupid. I, my body is falling apart on me this last two weeks, and I went to the doctor because I have an infected cyst on the back of my neck that's what's been like three weeks. Mm Mm-hmm. No, more than that. It's been about a month. And they were going to take it out, but it was so infected that all they could do was really lance it. And I was trying to explain to the doctor how I was trying to put band-aids over it, but it wasn't really working. And I couldn't think of the right words. And I just told him because it was bruising my neck me. (laughs) (laughs) I just couldn't think of the words. It's like, you know, it's just really bruising my neck meat. And thankfully he had seen Napoleon Dynamite and he got it. So it was a good time. Win-win. Win-win. Anyway, Maureen is struggling against Simon, um, but of course she's no match for his vampy strength. And he doesn't really even notice her attempts to struggle away or even when her body goes limp in his arms. He just keeps eating. He's hungry. This is Thanksgiving dinner. (laughs) And we're then reminded of Camille telling Simon that he's never going to forget the first time he feeds on a real live human, which I can't really believe is going through Simon's mind ATM. Like, yeah. I think it's just a callback mm-hmm. for the reader because he can't even, like, feel her limp body. So I know he's not yeah. thinking about Camille telling her that. Right. That's just a special treat for you <laughs> as a reader. And then that's it. That's it. That's all she wrote. Literally, Cassie's done for this chapter. Crazy way to end. <laughs> and then um, next week, you have to read... No, I'm, I can't read now. Chapter 9, From Fire Unto Fire. Mm. Okay. Uh, okay, guys, for behind-the-scenes content and the latest updates, check us out on Instagram at Down World or Dish Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.